Great joy to be in this house, uh, unexpected place for us to come, but we've had an extraordinary journey of 23 years here and uh, got to love the people of Red Points, people of the greater area, highway area, and um, it's very quiet here this morning. Are you all breathing? And um, <laughs> Come on, Mikey, I need some, some love, you know what I'm saying, eh? But um, yeah, just, um, just picking up on Mauritius quickly, we planted a church there about 17 years ago, and um, a number of us will be going to Mauritius, so Daniel and three of the Rooties are there, um, Mervyn and Ruth will be coming with us, um, and uh, Gunter and Andrea, are you guys here? We'll, we'll be going wherever you are, where are you? Gunz, Andrea's and Kidsman, and uh, they made a connection, uh, Joel, well Joel was in this church in, from the Seychelles, and... Um, They've been going, Gunton and I have been going to Seychelles, and uh, Jotty will be coming down, who leads the church from the Seychelles to Mauritius to have a conference. Um, some guys will be coming from Madagascar, a guy called Kim who was in Glenridge with us, and uh, some guys from Cape Town, and so a bunch of us. Um, Kevin and Dot are also coming to Mauritius. Anybody else want to come? You're welcome. Um, we leave tomorrow, and... <laughs> What's the problem? Tools is there. No, Tools, we're trying to hold you back. And um, Mauritius may sound exotic, and it is a beautiful place, land of uh, my wife's birth and my parents' birth, but it's, it's quite extraordinary that Phil and Lee have, have been there and are doing a remarkable job, and he asked for us to come. So George is going, Andrew Thompson is going, George Abers, uh, Harry's going, and we're going to, together with Phil, provide something of a leadership and then the guys will be going back to Madagascar. So there's a whole lot of stuff happening. Thank you for releasing us. We were in Pretoria last week, ministering, um, helping the church there. So um, the kingdom of God is advancing, amen? And it's wonderful to be back in Red Point and to worship God and to all our visitors. It's great to have you, and I trust that somehow, mysteriously, wonderfully, God will touch you. And I'm very excited about the people who will be baptized this morning and um, done with the old and come out to new. Um, and experience something of God's joy in our lives. Amen. So these are all good things. Thank you for your word, Lord. We're starting a new series in the book of Ruth. And uh, the, 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 diff- the temptation is not to stick. We're gonna, it, it's so wonderful to, to do the whole of Ruth in one sitting. But what we're going to do is we're going to do four different sittings, four chapters um, from the book of Ruth over four weeks, and uh, I'm going to try and be disciplined and introduce the book to you and stick to chapter one. And so um, just the context of this book is um, it's in the time of Judges, which, um, you know, unfortunately what we are guilty of is, first of all, we're not Jewish, so we sometimes don't understand the language and the idioms and the, and the cultures of the day. And so we just read the story, we kind of know it. And we just pass it over quickly. But what we're going to try and do is get into the, the, the heart of it. And, um, and so the book of Judges is a, is a very unfortunate time in the history of Israel. It lasts anything between two and 300 years. I mean, guys can work it out. Some say 250, some say 300. doesn't matter. But it's a long period. And it's a period from the death of Joshua, this mercurial leader that took them over, this amazing guy, and the, the birth of Samuel, you have this period of the book of Judges, which is a sad period. In fact, if, you, if you're a bit depressed and you want to get more depressed, you go and read the book of Judges. And um, it's not easy to read it in one sitting, but I'll just pick up. And some people say that uh, Ruth happened around Judges 10. Again, a lot of speculation, a lot of rabbinical writers and Christian writers and theologians and Bible scholars I've got many opinions, but just picking up Judges chapter 10, verse 9, it says, Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. They served the Baals and the Ashtoreths and the gods of Aram, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of Ammon, of the Ammonites, and the gods of the Philistines. And because the Israelites forsook the Lord and no longer served him, he became angry with them. And he sold them into the hands of the Philistines and the Ammonites, who that year shattered and crushed them. And so you had this... The cycle that would happen, there would be, there would be peace, and then there would be, there would sin, and then there would be judgment and captivity, and then there would be repentance, and they would come back, 
and everything was fine, and they would just go cycle in and cycle out. And so this story of Ruth could have been just included in the story in the book of Judges, but for some wonderful and mysterious reason, the book of Judges, the book of Ruth is extracted from the book of Judges and stands alone as a beautiful, stunning piece of literature. Who wrote uh, Judges? Well, I'd like to think it was Samuel, the, the prophet, extraordinary man, because it's, it's, it's filled with, with poetry it's, uh, and prose and drama, and um, it's, a, it's a wonderful book that um, you'd do well to get to know. Because in the book of Ruth, the gospel is hidden, and the gospel is scandalous, and it's a scandalous story. And um, if, you, if you get the book of Ruth you get to understand what the gospel is. And brothers and sisters, the problem with us is we struggle with the gospel. We struggle with the grace of God. Christians can become religious and pharisaical, and this book will shatter that and level you and uh, cause you to lift your hands and say, we serve an amazing God. And so um, I'm looking at my notes for a moment. Uh, just, just to introduce the book, um, you can say that chapter 1 of Ruth is about um, loves resolve. In other words, there's this woman called Ruth, and she res- there's something about her that's extraordinary. And she res- she makes a resolution to follow Ruth, to follow her mother-in-law Naomi. So it's about actually, I'm going to follow. There's a decision. When Jesus said to the disciples, follow me, they left everything and followed him. They didn't know where they were going to. They didn't really know who he was. In the same way, there's this resolution to follow. Chapter one, chapter two. Is, a, is love's response, okay, which means uh, Ruth becomes this, she responds and she gleans. She, she says, I'll follow you, and then she begins to, 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 to pick up everything she can from the things of God. She begins to, she's a Moabitess, and she begins to, to learn and glean. And as Christians, if you're getting baptized today, what you want to do, and I think it happened to me when I got saved at the age of 18, 19, I couldn't stop. Learning, and I couldn't stop wandering. And I went to meeting after meeting, lunchtime, seminars, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I was just gleaning to try and grow. And you see that in chapter two. Chapter three is she begins to make a request, and her request is, Boaz, would you marry me, please? And it's this um, again something that we're not comfortable with when a, a lady goes to a kinsman redeemer. And makes her, she, she says to him, listen, I'm available for marriage. <laughs> Please marry me. And uh, we have a friend that did that to a guy. She chased him all over the place. And she said, marry me, marry me. And we said, shh, stop. He's going to run away. And she said, marry me, marry me. And he ran. But she just kept on saying, marry me, marry me. And eventually he married her. I won't tell you who it is, but some of you know who it is. And Ruth, like us, we sang to the Lord, Lord, marry me. Be intimate with me, take me, love me, restore me, seed me. Amen? And chapter 4 is love's reward. What happens when you follow Christ? What happens when you give everything? Are there rewards? Well, certainly you'll see that in chapter 4. God's in charge of everything. Let's look at the story. Um, We could spend... We could spend hours introducing this book. Uh, the book of Ruth is read during the time of Pentecost. The Jews read this book during the time of Shavuot or Pentecost, the time of the giving of the law. And it's the one book that they would read. It's a short book of 85 or 6 verses, four small chapters. Ruth chapter 1 verse 1, it says, In the days when the judges ruled. Okay? And um, it's not a good time. It's a time when there is no king. Um, it's a few hundred years, there are dark days, there's cruelty, there's despair, there's apostasy, there's infighting, there's civil war, there's a national disgrace. Um, Israel has taken possession of the promised land, this amazing 500-year wait from Abraham, promised, and they eventually get there, and they get there, and they settle, and they enjoy the blessings of God, which happens to some Christians. We get saved, we come into the kingdom, but soon nah, we lose our way sometimes, and we get bored, and we get frustrated, and we look over the, the boundary to the other nations, and we think we want what they want. And um, that's what was happening, their dark days, and um, there's a pattern. 
As I said to you, there's a pattern that repeats itself for literally hundreds of years, for generations. There are six main judges in the book of Judges into which this context is. There's Othniel, some of you would know him, Ehud, yes, Deborah or Deborah, a judge. Yes, now we think, oh, we know Deborah, we know who she is. Um, the men were weak. She rose up. She, she ruled the nation. Then there's Gideon. Everybody knows Gideon. Anybody not know Gideon? But Gideon starts well but finishes very badly. Amen. He becomes an idol worshiper. Uh, then there's Jephthah, also not good. And then there's Samson, massively gifted guy. They, they're the six main judges. And, of course, we know that Samson also is, is very spoiled, huge anointing, very flirtatious man, and gets himself into a lot of trouble and dies in a pretty dramatic way. Israel was very easily influenced by the Canaanite nations, and they became indistinguishable. And there's this line that keeps on going. In those days, Israel had no king, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Brothers and sisters, that refrain four times to the book of Judges is upon the church now. Not upon the whole church, but upon too many of us in the church. We're just going to do our thing. And you'll see in this book, which we, we can't speculate as to why things happen, but let's just look at it and see what God will speak to you about. And so there was a famine in the land. Okay, so in the days when the judges ruled, this book of Ruth, there was a famine in the land. And a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So Moab, if you look at a map, there's Israel to the left, there's the Jordan, the Dead Sea and the Jordan, or the Dead Sea runs out, and Israel is camped there. To the other side, about 50 miles away, is the land of Moab. Moab, it comes from Lot. Remember, there was Abraham and Lot, his nephew. Lot went down to Sodom and Gomorrah very quickly. Bad move. Sodom and Gomorrah, bad move, but it looked good. It was full of abhorrent practices. God judges Sodom and Gomorrah, and Job leaves, and um, his, his future sons-in-law, betrothed but not married to the two daughters, they think it's a joke. Um, the angel says judgment is coming. They think it's a joke. They stay behind. He leaves with his wife and his two daughters, and she looks back, and the Lord said, don't look back. She turns into a pillar of salt, and uh, Lot and his two daughters end up in a, in a mountainous region called Zor, which means small, and uh, they have a crisis, and they realize they're alone. There's no men, and so they have an incestuous relationship with their father. They get him drunk, and they fall pregnant by their father. That's Moab and Amnon. So, so Moab has got bad press in the Bible, okay? Moab is not a good place. In fact, Moab is a place that becomes an arch enemy of Israel, and, and the Lord is very, very unhappy with the people of Moab, funny enough. It's now 500 years later, and... Um, these guys from Bethlehem. Bethlehem is the pinnacle, is the best place in Israel. Amen? Bethlehem is where David was born. Bethlehem is where the ark is. Bethlehem is where Jesus was born. Bethlehem means breadbasket. Bethlehem, Bethlehem is from the, the Jewish or the root word of womb. It, it basically means Bethlehem is a good place. Amen? It's where all the wheat would come and that prepare um, for, for various reasons, I can't tell you, where a lot of bread would be prepared and people would come to Bethlehem to get manna or bread. This guy is from the best tribe. He's from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of David, the tribe of Jesus. He knows God. He even comes from Bethlehem. But there is a famine. There's usually a famine because people have forgotten God. In fact, in um, in Deuteronomy 11, it says, If you faithfully obey the commands of God to love the Lord your God with, and serve Him with all your heart and all your soul, then I will send rain on you and your, and your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains. I will provide grass for the fields and for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Be careful, or you will be enticed, because you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods. Then I will bring curses upon you. I will withhold the, 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 the dew and the rain, the, the, the fountains from below and, the, and the, rain from Mount Her the dew from Mount Hermon and the rain from the skies. And, and so Israel is involved in hectic apostasy, not for 10 years, not for 50 years, 
not for 75 years, for hundreds of years they keep going. And so the Lord eventually, it's like, you know, you put milk on the boil and eventually, you know, eh, nothing happens and suddenly psh, the thing explodes, psh, foams over. And so they're in a time now where there's a famine in the land and they go down to a place that seems better to them. Off they go. And sometimes you may face a famine in your place of promise. God may have sent you somewhere. He may have even sent you to a church or a place, and you, it's God's place. You, it's amazing. People say, the Lord spoke to me. He said I should do this, and I should come here, and I should marry this girl, and I should go to this church. And then suddenly there's a problem, and then we leave. And often we leave to places like lots where we look and we think, that's a good place. South Africans are under huge pressure to leave this country. Didn't plan to say this. I would say to you, be very careful. And I mean, there's lots of people that have left and they've gone without blessing. And I, all I'm saying is you better have heard God because you, you must go to where God wants you. And this story will, will show you that. Um, and so off they go to a place that they shouldn't have gone to. Abraham did it when he went down to Egypt. Isaac did it when there was a famine, also went down to Egypt. There's a pattern in our families, in our lives that we repeat. And sometimes I say, Lord, break the pattern in my life. If my father was an alcoholic, I want to break the pattern. If he was a gambler and my, my mother was a whatever, I ask you in the name of Jesus to break that pattern. Amen. I don't want to sit and suffer under that. If there's sexual immorality and adultery in my family, I want to break it. I mean, if there's bankruptcy in my family, not I want to break it. I ask you to break it. I ask you to set me free. That's why I want to, be, I want to die this morning to the old and I want to rise to the new. I want the blessing of Jesus on my life. The man's name was Elimelech. His wife's name was Naomi. And the name of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephrodites from Bethlehem, Judah, and they went to Moab and lived there. Kind of quite point form. Elimelech amazingly means our God is king, but there is no king. So this guy who represents something of the, of the name um, El, God, Elimelech is king, is, uh, but there is no king. And this man who should say, we're asking for a true king, he does the crazy thing and he goes down to Moab uh, Naomi means pleasant nice like a pleasant day just like a really pleasant happy easy she's an easy auntie okay she's just she's just nice you know what I'm saying they have two sons um, one name uh, Melon is sickly or weak and Kilion means pining or wailing or crying weird so there is there is trouble there is difficulty there is sin. The, the, the ark of the covenant is like, it's not happening for them. The priests are messing around. The prophets are prophesying lies. There's just a mess. The, the leaders are compromised. Amen. And so these two boys are born to these parents, and, they, and they, the, it's almost as if the parents are naming the children of Israel sickly and weak and and. Um, and weepy, and moaning, and groaning, and there's, there's disquiets in the land, and the two sons are named that. Verse 3, staccato. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. What did he die of? We have no idea. Why did he die? We don't know. Did God strike him? We don't know. But all we know is that he went to look for a land of promise, but he found a grave. He went to find his fortune, but now he's in the ground. Brother dies. It's like, I think, Lord, teach me your ways. What does that mean? You know, so I've heard some, some guys preaching on this and talking about this. They're saying, no, no, we don't know what happened, but we know that he dies. If, if you're in a ship um, at sea, and you want to jump off the ship. You can love Jesus, praise him as you jump off, but you will probably drown. Amen? There are certain things, like the law of gravity, if you mess around, like you take a selfie on the edge of a mountain, and your foot slips, and you love Jesus, you may fall and die. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes you're thinking, no, get away from there. Just, just think about it, bro. If you drive at 180 kilometers an hour in your, with, in your fortune... <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's raining and you're going around the corner, but you think you're a man guy and you're praising Jesus with your worship songs, there's a chance that you capsize the car and die. Amen? So, that's the guy does. God, speak to me. God, teach me your ways. God, where should I be? What am I doing, God? Oh, well, well, we're just carrying on. What are you doing in Moab? They married Moabite woman. Totally forbidden, these two boys. And so the guy dies. She's got two sons. They married Moabite woman, one named Orpah, which means fawn, and the other Ruth, which means friendship. So you've got fawn and friendship, and you've got pleasant. And you've got sickly and weepy and destitute. <laughs> and they lived there about 10 years. So, so most people say, let's say they've been there 10 years, maybe a bit longer. Verse 5, both Malon and Kilion also died. How did they die? Why did they die? What did they die from? Did God strike them? Was it a sickness? Were they dullard by the Moabites? What happened? Don't you touch our woman. Cha! We don't know, but they died. It doesn't say. And Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. Families, famines, and funerals. We've got a family in Israel. We've got to hang in here. We've got to work with God. We've got to go through a season. But there's a famine, and we're going to move to a new land, and suddenly there's a lot of funerals. Something has gone wrong. God's ways are an afterthought. Tragically, there's no children from the 10 years of marriage. No kids. One of the things, we, we don't know this, but in those days in the Near East, you had to have children. If you had no children, especially no sons, you were lost. You, were, you had no future. So here are these three ladies that have lost husband, brother-in-law, father-in-law, or husband, two sons. No children, no offspring. Something's wrong, amen? Sometimes when things are going chaotic, we say, Lord, can we, can, can we just sit down? Can we kneel before you? Can we ask you some big questions? What's going on? And amazingly, when she heard in Moab, so, so you, you've got to picture it, guys. What happens is that now they're in a foreign land, the Moabites have married Jewish uh, uh, guys. It's kind of awkward. There's cultural problems. Naomi knows God. She knows idol worship's bad because the prophets have been saying it, and it's in the Torah, and it's like awkward. Everything's awry, as it were. When she heard, verse 6, in Moab, that the Lord had come to the aid of his people, you see, suddenly God will move at the place where he, he said he would. Amen? I mean, how many of us have got promises and scriptures and prophetic words? And, and, and then you think, am I just hanging there? I think Christianity, walking with God, is about hanging in at times. You just hang in and suddenly the season changes, even in your marriage. Or, you know, it, it could be in the country. It could be just, just hang in. Just, just hang in. Just wait a bit. With faith and patience, they inherited the problems, um, <laughs> the, the promises. Yeah, that's true. Eh? She hears that the Lord had come to the aid of his people, or he had visited his people by providing food for them. It's, an, it's a matter of food now. We, they're starving. They're They're destitute. You know, for us today, we live in a, in a modern society. You know, you, somebody will help you. There's like, yon, yon. And anyway, you speak funny. And, aren't, and we enemies, aren't we? Didn't your God say that the Moabites, in fact, God had said the Moabites must have nothing to do with the Israelites. Now, now, what you want is help us. And so, so she hears that he has come to the aid. He's rescuing. Now, many daughters-in-law prepared to return home from there. They probably said, okay, we need to go back. There's food there. They probably went to the graves, put the flowers, paid homage, wept. But they, who, who does that remind you of, this, this story? Who does that remind you of? Who left and got very hungry? Prodigal son. Somebody left his household. He said, Daddy, give me all my, give me all my stuff, all my inheritance. 
bit like this family. They took their boys, they took everything, they went, and suddenly it's catastrophic. And they suddenly realize, my father's servants have got food. I'm living in a pigsty. I'm living with idols, one woman and song. I'm going to go back and work for my dad so that at least I can have food. Similar story, isn't it? And so they're prepared to go back. God is moving. God will move. With her two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. Theology of place, brothers and sisters, is important. God, where do you want me? Who do you want me to serve with? What, what What do you require of me, God? Brothers and sisters, it's a beautiful thing. To say, to, to say Jesus is Lord, which means you, you, you are the Lord, you are the captain, you are the, the one who guides my life. I do not rule my own life. You are the Lord. We sing it, but he says, no, but you're the Lord of your life. You say the Lord is king, Elimelech. You say the Lord is king, but actually you, your own, you're doing your own thing. Such a hard thing to talk about in this land where independence is celebrated. Do your own thing. I see they've just taken Bibles out of elementary schools again in America. We don't want the Bible, man. The nation was founded on the scriptures. Your blessing, you are in a land of blessing because actually you built scripturally. No, we don't want it anymore. Same as Israel. With her dude. Two daughters-in-law, she left the place where she had been living and set out on the road that would take them back to the land of Judah. I read that. Great decision. Praise God. We're going back. Come to their senses. Then Naomi (laughs) said to her two daughters-in-law, first time she says it, go back each of you to your mother's home. Why did she say that? Some theologians say she was very kind to say that because she knew that if the Moabites girls rocked up in Israel, there'd be a problem. They would be like, ah, 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 we don't want you here. Something's wrong with you. God's cursed you. That you should never have married, blah, 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 blah. And some people say that she was being kind to her daughters-in-law by saying, listen, go back each of you to your mother's home. She has a change of mind. She's double-minded. To me, she loses faith because they've resolved. We hear that God is moving, is stirring in Israel and Bethlehem. Let's go back. She's wavering, she's having heart troubles, I believe she's doubting God, and she's probably thinking, listen, I better not come with these two mobile women because I'm going to get into more trouble. Who knows? May the Lord show kindness to you, she says. And so she, she evokes the Jewish blessing, because Naomi's not a bad lady. She, she's, a, she's a good woman. She, she, she's trying. She probably followed her husband. Who knows? She said, oh, you saw Mr. Husband that we should go to Moab. Maybe we should stay. We don't know what happened, Okay. But, but she begins to bless them. As you've shown to your dead and to me, the two daughters-in-law, may the Lord grant that each of you will find rest in the home of another husband. You're not going to marry. You're not going to come back there. You're not going to find a husband because the Jews are not allowed to marry Moabites. Who knows? Then she kissed them and they wept aloud like a real hollering party, you know? Not, not like the Germans or the, like, crying, screaming. They, they, they wept aloud, Amen. So it was an emotional thing. It wasn't. And then they said to her, we will go back with you to your people. So, so they go. She says, no, don't go. Go back. And then they say, no, 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 we will go. So this is the, we will go back with you to your people. And instead of uh, Naomi just, shh. But Naomi said, second time, return home, my daughters. Why would you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? Return home, third time. This is, this is an interesting, because normally the, the, the daughters-in-law and the mother-in-law say, I can't wait to get away from this woman. But these two daughters-in-law want to stick with them, okay? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband, because that was the a Levite law that you had to, you know, if, if your husband's died, then the brother, but if there's no brother, would marry the, the widowed um, uh, wives, um, do, uh, do, uh, what's it, sister-in-laws. That was a law, but, but there's nothing, there's no, there's no birth, there's calamity. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight, this very night if I married somebody, and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Another 
I don't know, 18 years, would you remain unmarried for them? No, you would never do that because you don't even know the Jewish customs. No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you. It becomes about her a little bit. Because the Lord's hand has gone out against me. The Lord has afflicted me. It's actually the Lord's fault. We're suffering, and in fact, if the Lord is against me, you don't want to come with me, because if the Lord's against me, he's against you. That's why, brothers and sisters, we want to enjoy the goodness of God. We want to sit under the blessings of God. We think, oh, those Christians, something's wrong with those guys, you know. Why is there so much trouble? Why is it they can't run businesses? Why is it that, that, that why is stuff going on? You see, Christians should be people that are, have got an A game, amen? <laughs> amen, hey, tools? Uh, that's why, I don't know if it's a pride thing, but I'm saying if we're always asking and begging, we should be givers. We should be blessers, Amen. We, we should say, how much money do you need? Yeah. We, we, should, we should be saying, we should be givers. We are of the clan of Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. And so she's saying, don't come with me. At this day, wept again. There's another pity party. Amazing story. It's like a, it's like a copy image of, of um, Lot and the two daughters. There's Naomi and two barren daughters. So it's, a, it's, a, it's a replay, as it were. Don't come. Ruth is portraying God. He's against me. I don't know if you want to be a Christian, bro. If you're a Christian, that's hard. I went through that as a business guy. I was a business guy. And for about, a, I don't know, six months or a year, I had a crisis. I just thought, Lord, I don't want to ask people to come to church. I'm struggling, God. And if I struggle, I fear that I literally had a crisis. I can tell you where I was. I can tell you the period in my office in New Germany. And I just thought, Lord, I'm struggling, but I'm through that now. I'm saying, in, in fact, if you don't know Jesus, if you, you, you've got to know Jesus, because if you don't know Jesus, it's going to be difficult. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law says to Ruth, okay? Your sister-in-law is going back to her people and to her gods. Go back with her the fourth time, okay? So Orpah's decided to go back. And um, Naomi's sticking around a little bit, and she's saying, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. What? In fact, it gets so bad that she's saying, go back to your gods. I don't know about my God. I've got to struggle with my God. But you go back to your people, your mother's household, your husband's. Go back with her. Naomi's lost her faith completely. There were shocking gods in, in Moab. It was Chemosh. Shemosh, it was Baal, and it was Ashtoreth. In fact, Deuteronomy 23.3 says this, No Ammonites or Moabites or any of his descendants, this is in Deuteronomy, may enter the assembly of the Lord even down to the 10th generation. That actually, the, 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 I mean, those guys were bad. They would offer their, 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 their children in sacrifice to these gods. Israel even began to do worse. And so she's saying, go back to your God. You're thinking, what are you thinking? People say, you know, I don't want to, I, I love Jesus, but I'm not going to church anymore. That's fine, as long as you love Jesus. I'm just going to be out in the world. I'm going to have all these worldly friends. I'm going to do my stuff, but every morning I'm going to read my Bible. You are gonzo. You cannot survive on that, brothers and sisters. I praise God that I listened to maybe five preachers just this week on Ruth. I read commentaries. I, was, um, I listened to Francois preach last week, which was very good. I thought, I need the word of God, amen? I need the community of God. We're so encouraged by the community of God. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Are you a kisser or a clinger? Are you a, a cling, clinging kisser? The kiss or the cling? Don't kiss, rather cling. A kiss is, it's the, it's sometimes it's the Judas kiss. Mwah. He's so wonderful. Mwah. So sweet. Mwah. Cling. Cling. Cling to one another. We are family of God. Cling to the family. The kiss is superficial. The cling is real. There is an Orpah in me and there is a Ruth in me. There is a clinger and a kisser. 
There's one that wants to go back to the old. There's one that wants the new. Which will win? Which is the one that you think about? Which is the one that you've said, dead to the old, alive to the new? There is a Cain and Abel. Amen? There is a, the, 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 the flesh and the spirit. And whatever you feed becomes the strongest. But Ruth replied, do not urge me to leave you or to turn back to you. Shh, mother-in-law, stop talking. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> shut up. Mrs. Mother-in-law, with respect, madam, please be quiet. Stop talking. God is doing something in my heart. And then this is perhaps the most incredible. Ruth is coming to faith. Something supernatural, the sovereignty of God, is stirring Ruth, a Moabite test. And she makes these seven massive statements. One statement, two verses. Where you go, mother-in-law, listen, Jewish mother-in-law, where you go, I go. We're a going people. She's sensing mysterious, supernatural, something is stirring in her heart. Where you stay, if you, if you go, I go with you. And then if you stop, I, st- I stop. I stay there. Where your house is, my house is. Your people, your people are my people. But you're a mobile. No, no, no. But I've sensed something different. I've sensed that the God, the true God of the heavens and the earth is your God. Even though you say you're afflicted, your people will be my people. I'm leaving my people, mother-in-law, to join your people. Your God is my God. I don't want those foreign gods, those carved images of wood and stone and, and metal. They're horrible gods. Your God is my God. I'm done with my idols. Where you die, what does that mean? I will die. You know what that, the theologians say that means? She says, I want to partake with you in the afterlife. Isn't your God the God of the heavens? Isn't your God the one who says he, he has prepared a place for us? Where you die, I want, I want to, my bones must be next to yours. You know, in Red Point, we don't talk much about people and gifts, and we don't celebrate so much like the, we celebrate Jesus so that he overshadows. We don't, we don't, even, even Paul and even David and even all these men were fragile, and we celebrate Jesus. I want to tell you that this Ruth is an exceptional woman. She is an exceptional woman. She, this is a history-making statement. And there, next to you, I want to be buried. I want my bones next to you. And she says, seventh point, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. Something has transpired in her heart. She's alive for God. Bethlehem is calling. Mission has taken root. She's sensing God's favor. Something is arising within her. This is a history-changing statement. When Naomi, verse 18, realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. 50-mile journey. Shh. Shh. Let God work. Shh. Stop talking. Stop urging. Yo, something happened to this auntie. Shh. God is working in a quiet place. In the morning, in the difficulty, yes, you may have suffered enormous calamity. You may say, God, what are you doing? God is a God. He is a good God. Yes, things happen. Yes, people die. Yes, businesses get lost. Yes, your leader may have run off with the secretary. I don't know what. The pastor may have taken the money. (laughs) Don't know what. Somebody who said something, your pastor may have done something to you, your leader may have said, I don't want you in my home group anymore. I'm sorry for that. You may have put your faith in one of the leading figures of the American, and they fell apart, or they're scandalous, and now your heart's broken, saying, God, I'm not going to serve you. God is a good God, and He is true, amen? And He is busy working. So let's read on. So the two women went until they reached or came to Bethlehem. They didn't stop. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, who've set their hearts on pilgrimage. I'm going. I want to go. We're going to do what you want us to do. Amen? 
Though they pass to the valley of Baca, tears, they make it a place of springs. Its autumn rains also cover it. They go from strength to strength. Now they're getting stronger. This, this, this Naomi, sorry, this Ruth seems to be getting stronger. She's encountering God. She's, she's being revived. She's being born again. When they arrived in Bethlehem, city of bread, the womb where God is fruitful, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the woman exclaimed, can this be Naomi? Yo, <laughs> somebody's come back. There's a prodigal daughter that's come back. <gasps> can this be Naomi? Whoa, check who's back. Silly woman, I don't know why she left. Maybe there was an older brother saying, you know, maybe there's a bit of stirring in the city. Some people say, so good to see you, Naomi. So good to see you. Some people are thinking too, like, huh, are you back? You know, a good old backslide, have you met him? It's a stirring. Let God stir us, amen? Let him work in us. You know, it's interesting that, that do you notice people? I've tried to notice people. Who's the Lord? Who's that? Who's that person? Just been to Pretoria. Second time we've been there. All these people. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay, that's good. Who's that? Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that person. Oh, oh. What are you doing with that person? What, what's happening here, God? Naomi's back. Something's being stirred. Can this be Naomi? Don't call me Naomi, she says. <laughs> can, that, can that be Naomi? What does she say? Don't call me Naomi. She's like, gives them a mouthful. Don't you dare call me Naomi, which means pleasant, she told them. Call me bitter. <laughs> now she's talking again. She's been quiet, but now she's talking again. Because the Almighty, which, which the theologians say, she, she evokes the name Almighty, El Shaddai, which is like she, she's saying, she, she's acknowledging God and His Almightiness, and it's like a, a, a two-edged sword, has made my life bitter. Like, how can the Almighty, the El Shaddai, what does the El Shaddai mean? El Shaddai, El Shaddai. Is it? God Almighty. But, but, but He's made my life bitter. Don't call me Naomi, call me Mara. Because the Almighty has hurt me. What? But, she, but she, she declares that he is almighty. He's made my life very bitter. I went away full, but he has brought me back empty. It's amazing the providence of God. And suddenly she's beginning to, it's pouring out of her. Actually, you, you left empty because you left in disobedience. And, and, and you left with, you, you actually left, you left in a terrible state. You thought you were doing good and your family. But you've come, and she says, no, but I've come back empty. And there's Ruth standing there thinking, oh, nice one. Um, call me empty. <laughs> there, there's this young Moabites. And God is working in her. And, and Naomi's just making a big noise and, and, and letting the whole village know, I'm bitter. God has struck me. I've come back with nothing. Turn around, Naomi. Do you see who's standing next to you? Do you see... Actually, that's where God is right now. God is stirring. I don't know where he's been. I don't know what happened to your husband. Don't happen to your sons. But I know this. Don't happen to Opa, Fawn. I don't know where she's gone. But this friendship or friendliness, God is beginning to move there. Something is happening. The Lord, I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. What would be good is to maybe the prodigal said, listen, I've, I've actually messed up. I've messed up. Jesus never, you know. Such a good story, brothers and sisters. What do you make out of it? What, do you, what can you draw? Is your life here somewhere? She renames herself. She gives herself a new identity. Empty. Bitter. Um, why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. Empty. Bitter. Afflicted one. Which means if you're afflicted, it means you're diseased. He has brought misfortune. The fourth thing. She says, God, the Lord, forget who I was, forget pleasant, call me afflicted. It's funny how we rename ourselves. Sometimes we go through hardship. We rename ourselves stuff. Brothers and sisters, don't talk about your past. Talk about what God is doing inside of you. Are you still there? 
Isn't this a wonderful story? So, so Naomi returned from Moab, accompanied by Ruth the Moabites, her daughter-in-law, arriving in Bethlehem as the barley harvest was beginning. Every time you see that, it means revival. It means stirrings. It means suddenly God is moving. God has changed. He, they're still involved in difficult practice, but God is saying, once more I will show you my love. Once more I will, um, I will be kind to you. How do you, how do you conclude this? Chapter 1. God is good. This is the gospel. He is joining a Gentile and a Jew. Okay? He's taken a Moabites woman that's, that's totally broken and lost, and he's joining her to a broken and lost Jew. And he's going to start a new story. In Matthew chapter 1, five ladies are mentioned. The first one is Tamar. This is the genealogy of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. This is the genealogy of the Creator of the universe. This is the, ge- the genealogy of the one who went to the cross and died for our sins. His name is Jesus. In his genealogy, in Matthew chapter five, 1, there's five ladies mentioned. Tamar, she made some big mistakes. Remember? You know Tamar and, and Judah, <laughs> the daughter-in-law? She, she, she was married to two sons. She couldn't conceive. The sons wouldn't conceive. The father-in-law, Judah, sleeps with her. Okay? Ah, what kind of a story is that? She's there. Who's the next one? Rahab. Who's Rahab? Rahab is the one, the prostitute in Jericho. She says, I can see God's with you. Include me in, I'll save you. She's included in the genealogy of Jesus. Boaz, mother of Boaz. And who's the next one? Ruth. She is a Moabites. She is from incest. What's going on here? And then who's the other one? David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. Ah, what's the, what's the point, brothers and sisters? The grace of God and the goodness of God and the kindness of God and the Gentiles and the broken. It doesn't matter about your past, how broken you are, what mistakes you made, how ashamed you are. But if you will come to Christ, if you will say, I'm, I'm, I'm going, your God's going to be my God. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I'll die. I'll be, they'll be buried. Let God tell me if I do anything but follow you. I want to. Be, and God just says, come. Come. Oh, but I don't. Come. But isn't there a curse of the Moabites? Yes, there is. But you can come. And that's the beginning of Ruth. Chapter 1. Won't you stand with me, please? I wish we could sit in a circle and talk about Ruth in a circle. Maybe at the life groups that you're in, you can do that. And tell us what, what Ruth chapter 1 means to you. And, um, but I want to pray. I just want to pray. Just, I know we, we're talking and buzzing. and while the, uh, We're going to have baptisms in a minute. But I just want to pray because I love the story. You could be, you could be Elimelech, bad decision. You could be Naomi. Actually, God's been hard on me, man. God's been tough on me. You could be a Moabites. Think I've got no inheritance. I'm nobody. This is, the, this is the lady that changed the history of the world. I said to Kati, it's almost as if God said, what? Say that again? What's that statement of faith, Ruth? Just, you know what, Ruth? Angels, spirit, Jesus, that lady, include her, bring her. I want to include her. In fact, I'm not just going to include her in Israel. I'm going to bring her into the tribe of Judah. I'm going to include her in the genealogy of my son. And often we say it's just the hand of God. Yes, it is. But sometimes God looks, I think, and he says, that's an extraordinary response. We've got a friend in Zimbabwe doing work there, and people just didn't rock up. People just said they would come. I don't know what. what. And he sent us some messages. We've been trying to encourage him. And one guy said to him, you're an amazing man, actually, because you just keep going, and you keep going, and you keep going. If, if you need to respond, if you're one of these individuals, if you think, mm, can I pray with you? Can, can I do that?
Maybe your life needs to change. You, you, you need to encounter God. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you, you dis, you're disgruntled with the church. Maybe, I don't know what, I don't know. Maybe you're disappointed. Maybe you feel hurt. Maybe you feel like Ruth is stirrings of God for something new in your life. Raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Maybe you need to be born again today. Just raise your hand. Every eye closed. Every eye closed. If you need to respond to God, I'd love just to pray with you. Some hands going up. Just raise your hand. You need, you need the Lord to move. You need a revelation of Jesus. You, you're saying, Lord, I want to be like Ruth. Just raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Some of you. Thank you. You actually say, I carry bitterness. I, there's a bitterness. There's a misfortune. Raise your hand. Come on. Come on, church. There's surely more of you here. There's about 10 hands that are up. I've got faith that God would visit more people. He would stir your heart. Amen. He would change your, your situation. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I don't pull teeth, but just raise your hand. You've got a cycle of business problems. You just can't get out of it. Raise your hand. You've got a marital problem. Raise your hand, please. The, 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 the heavens are dim for you. you. You're sliding, you're backsliding. You're thinking, ah, the world makes more sense to me than the church. Just raise your hand. Lord, every hand raised. Every face tilted up to you, Lord. Every individual. If you could be so kind to Moabite Tessas, how much more your house? If you could be so kind, Lord, to Naomi, that actually she, her life would change because of her daughter-in-law, the most unexpected blessing. Pour out your spirit, Lord. Pour out your love. Pour out your joy, God. Pour out your power. Amen. Can you pray with me a little bit, church? Can you pray that God would move and stir? Some of you that are in a good place, just pray with me. Lord, we, we ask you to move. We ask you to, 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 to bring us back. We ask you to cause us to turn around, Lord, and to keep walking towards the place of promise, the things you said to us. I thank you, Lord, for your church. This church, Red Point Church, the churches in our city, the churches in our nation, God. We thank you, Lord, that you would revive us. We thank you, Lord, that, the, that you would rescue the backsliding church, this church that is slipping into compromise and messing and, and tasting the things of the world and thinking that they're being kind and merciful. We think of those that are saying, no, go back, go back, because I know it's too hard. It's okay if you go back. We pray, Lord, that, that they would not go back, but they would be like Ruth and, and, and commit themselves to you. We thank you for the power of the gospel working in our hearts in the name of Jesus. We thank you for this almost obscure hidden story, Lord, of a, of a, of a, of a non-Jewish woman, Lord, that changes history by her faith, Lord. And life springs back into Bethlehem, God. And so pour out your spirit, would you, Lord, and, and fill people and baptize people, Lord, in the name of Jesus.